John Ryan. And he is Jonathan Prince. And together we are. What are we? Brutally Johnist. Brutally Johnist. Like you said that. You said it so. With such conviction, you said it, man. I've still got my glasses on. I was going to not wear my glasses today. See if I could read about them. It's out there somewhere, isn't it? What's happening? What's your tune? Give me a tune. Oh, my tune, man. Um, well, first off, where are we at, man? It's week, what, nine now of the, um, of the lockdown? It's the. Uh, is it week nine of lockdown? I know it's December. <laughs> week nine of lockdown is the second of june man and today uh has another name today there's that's been attributed which is um blackout tuesday so the tune that's been on my mind today uh, i'm only going to play a little bit of this and then i'll explain what it is so um until the philosophy which old one race superior and another. So, this has been on my mind because, um, and some of what we're going to talk about today is the uh, events that have occurred since the unfortunate death of George Floyd. In uh, it wasn't an unfortunate death, man. Come on, tell it like it is. Since the man was murdered, the man was murdered, mate. There you go. The man was murdered Just... fully. We need to go to a BBC newsreader. Since the unfortunate death, the man they killed him in public in daylight on film in front of an audience and the whole world and didn't even look guilty when he was doing it. Well, this is it. And I want to cite many other people. We're being brutally honest in this. And it's going to be, I think, with the title of what we've got, um, the demographic of who we are, we, we need to talk about some of these things. Um, Do it. That, that particular song there, uh, many people don't necessarily know. Many people will know it as a, a song called War by Bob Marley. Um, but what many people don't know is that Bob Marley actually took the lyrics from um, Marcus Garvey, who was a black civil rights activist. Um, and he took those, the lyrics from one of his speeches and put them word for word into that song. Um, so that's, the best way to... That's a bit lazy, it, though, isn't it? That is a bit lazy. <laughs> hey, come on, Bob. Write your own songs, mate. Write your own songs or do a decent cover. I just kind of go into like the shop and look at a poster and go, yeah, I'll put some tune to that. Well, we saw in the last one, man, when you write your own song, sometimes you forget your own lyrics. So well, think, yeah, you did I, kind I of. I think he, yeah. he did all right there. But um, yeah, basically the point I want to make is that that song is talking to things that are very relevant today, man. Um, it starts off by expressing until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abundant. Everywhere is war. And I believe those things are coming true or have been true since it was said by Marcus Garvey, since it was rewritten by Bob. And we're living some of those things now with the, um, the protests and subsequent riots occurring across America. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what, what do you do? But the thing people have to remember about Bob Marley, of course, though, it wasn't a mixed race. I believe it was, yes. So what you got claiming for you? What about Abbott? What about our contribution? Mate, I'll claim you as well. I'll claim you as well. If you want to come in, come in, mate. Come in. It's all love. Cultural appropriation, mate. You're going, yeah, he's ours. Nah, 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 come on. You've got to share him, We have to share him, not separate parents. You can have him at weekends. You're in. If you want to come in, mate, you can come in. But you've got to be you've got to be willing to accept everything that comes with that. It's difficult because 
It's hard, man. But what do you say? What can we say about what's gone on? They killed the man in public in broad daylight. Woo. I don't know, man. I suppose what I, one thing I can say, which I feel, I mean, a relatively good position to. The first thing I'm going to say is the opinions that I express during this are the opinions of my own. Um, they're not. Who, else? Who, else? Who are you working for? We've I'm got not sports. talking. I'm not talking for black people. Is what I'm saying. I'm not talking for black people. Like Why not? across the well, but you are one, mate. Ah, come on, but you are one. Surely, <laughs> surely you can speak for one, mate. I'm talking for myself from my experience. You understand? But um, well, so that's going to be your English boy experience. Well, you say that. You're speaking really... your white English. Is that what you're telling me? Is that where it's coming from? Well, I suppose the real is this, right? There's certain people that have been saying today. There's been a lot of stuff on Facebook. I come to this call with kind of a heavy heart, man. Not least because of what's going on in America, but then also seeing those whom are trying to. Um, trying to to not be silent and try and be part of the change, but somehow in expressing what they're expressing, they come across as ignorant and don't necessarily realise it. Um, so, for example, one of those such things is um, people who are expressing, how can you say black lives matter, all lives matter? Now, on that note, I just want to put it out there that my understanding of this is, yes, of course, all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. Definitely. However, the point we're trying to labour at the moment is it appears that black lives matter less and or don't matter in certain regions of the planet. And hence why people are saying black lives matter. It's not to deny, because I am proud of being black, for example, um, and this is taken from a Solange album, uh, so it's not my own words, but because I'm... It's not, not Bronski bleat, though, is it? It's, it's not Bronski bleat. changed for you, mate. No. You know what I mean? Like, we've joked a lot over this show, innit, about that. But, like, serious, man. Like, just just because I'm proud of being black doesn't mean that I'm, like, anti-white. That's not... That's not... Them two things don't... It's not, like, two sides of a coin, man. So that's one thing I wanted to get out there. The other thing is um, I'm just going to quickly play my second track, man, because um, this is very apt. It came out maybe four years ago. And um, and has he written it himself, or is this another one of it? He's written like the back of a tin of beans. Well, this one. It's not exactly. Harry Clark beans and tomato sauce and sugar. I'm not having it. I'm not having it, mate. It's a proper song. Harry Clark beans, you know. You couldn't think of you couldn't think of a more English white food there. <laughs> Butter beans, maybe. Yeah. Butter beans. Butter beans. <laughs> so right, I'm just going to play this quick. Um, <laughs> Hopefully the uh, the chorus will kick and then I'll... Um... Music is such a powerful catalyst for change because it touches a core. I've done it again, man. I've played it at the wrong side, the wrong place of the track. Uh, at least you're consistently best, you know? It's not like... In a song like What's Going On, Ron Gay gave us the words. Sorry, mate, I'll edit this out. I'll edit your awkward face out. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you. But this is the lyric right on the chorus. He basically asked the officer, look. And I'm going to post that in the, in the links below, man. But basically he's talking, Mr. Officer, can you spare some change? Change the way that you look at me strange. Change the way that you've been taking names and then placing the blame on me. And it's like, it resonates with me because the same way we saw um, George Floyd begging uh, to be able to breathe and for the copper to take his uh, knee off his neck. And 
you know, he's begging for his life, calling out for his mum. It's the same sort of sentiment that I take from this from this track, man. Like the subsequent events, let's not talk about them as yet. But I mean, it's just a basic human rights, you know, that people are begging for to the, the chance to live, which I think is the same across the planet, right? Everyone should have the chance to live. So yeah, that's 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 my second tune, man. DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, track's called Mister Officer. Um, it's a lovely one to listen to. Really cool, cool track. I'll put well, that's in. that's um, that's lighting things up, isn't it? That's really like woo, up the energy in it. <laughs> you sitting in morose and like when there's another one that's like <laughs> come on. No, man. I mean, it's a great time, man. In the respect of to be alive and to be able to actually say something, I realise. Um, there was a little quote that came out a couple of days ago. I'm not going to bore you with quotes again, mate, because I know it's got to be sharp for you to stay in on it. But um, on. this quote basically says, my friend Maud once said, there are times when we must speak, not because you are going to change the other person, but because if you don't speak, they have changed you. And I think at these times, man, everyone's got a bigger voice. I suppose looking on Facebook today, it's kind of annoyed me, man, to see people with the voice and um, some things I could take as... Like, you know what I mean? Like I said earlier about the, the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter thing. Um, and one side's kind of denying a point and everyone has their opinion. Easily shared nowadays. But uh, I do think it's about talking to each other. And we're having a dialogue between you and I. Yeah, but what I don't understand is how you can respectfully quote someone who starts off with their friend, your friend Maud. Who's got a friend called Maud? <laughs> who didn't hang around with pensioners? My friend Maud. <laughs> That's very true. Maud! I'm saying I'm talking about you, Maudie. Moldy! <laughs> that's like what well, that's like Ethel, isn't it? It's one of them dead days. <laughs> Ethel, Donald! I'm on the telly. What's going on, man? What fascinates me though, uh, as ever, why are you always looking to America for your influences? Are you talking about me? Yeah, you, you, you. Me? You, <laughs> me. you find another chat about another American. <laughs> my figure must come really big on the screen, man. <laughs> right, we got some let me play my tune, right? This man is just no, 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 you can't do that to me. You can't just say to me why am I always trying to get my influences for Maccabee, mate. Maccabee. He's your man. He sings about vegan food. He sings about race dynamics. You must be quick to miss a lick from a hockey stick. The man was got it. Maccabee. Did, did you actually play the track then? Have you actually got yeah, it over three speakers? Favorite, so I'm not going to do it again. You're going to have to get it later. It sounded like you but were yeah. playing it out of your phone, mate. Have you got it for over three speakers? No. I've got him sitting here next to me, tied up. He's just poked to me, just like singing it. I thought it was we put that down. But let me tell you the track, the track that we have to start the debate and discussion with, right? Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Joyner Lucas, right? He came out with his track a few years ago, and everyone must know it, right? It's basically just a black rapper singing it from a white racist point of view and then answering it as a black man. Right, that's and in doing cool. that, what he's doing is, yeah, he's recognizing what the other guy is saying, recognizing, not accepting, but recognizing, because if you don't listen to what your enemy is saying to you, you're never going to know. You don't learn by talking; you learn by listening. And um, they, one of the things that he says is, um, you'd rather sell drugs than get a job and be straight, than you turn around and complain about the poverty rate. And that, in my time when I've been to America. Some of the reading I've done, some of the views I've even heard in this country, white people and Asian people will say 
yeah, black people, yeah, they moan, they complain, they can't get a job, blah, blah, and then they'll sell drugs. And that's a very real perception. That's part of the problem that we, that we have, is this perception, okay? When you talk about black lives matter, all lives matter, no, 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 no. At the moment, black lives matter. And, and the way I've been explaining to people is, it's a white man with a big meal in front of him at the table and four hungry black people sitting around, and he's stuffing his face, right? And one of the black people says, um, black people get hungry, and he goes, yeah, white people get hungry too, and carries on eating. And the big problem that I have with this whole thing with George Floyd is quite simple, okay? The man got murdered on television, in public, in broad daylight, with witnesses filming it, and they don't care, right? And now all these, um, this is why he's a black issue fundamentally, because it's all really good all these middle-class white people on Facebook putting up black pictures today or, or saying, oh, I get it. No, you don't, mate. You don't get it. Because tomorrow I can walk down the street and the police car will go straight past me, but you can't. And that's where people will understand it. That's where it comes into it. And I think that's a very good point as well, because I work, <laughs> it's funny because you say that, because I actually work in the pharmaceutical drug industry, which doesn't really do much for that, uh, <laughs> for that. That stereotype that you just mentioned. Break, break but, break but like, um, yeah, I work with a lot of educated people. They're all, um, none of them are like, they're not re- not racist in any way. But when I express to them, or they ask me, oh, but you don't get racism anymore. It's not a thing anymore. Like they're just not, that it isn't something that they're exposed to. So that doesn't anger me that they think that. If anything, um, it, it disappoints me that, what was it? I think, it, well, I've looked this up before we got into this call. March um, 1991. Rodney King got set upon by um, okay. a load of LA police officers and it was caught on um, surveillance CCTV yeah. camera. People didn't have camera phones back then. Um, and I think Will Smith said something uh, recently. Now, I don't know whether he actually said this because, you know, you get these memes and they've got writing. Yeah, and yeah, text, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's attributed to him. And it kind of says um, that racism hasn't got worse. Um, it's just got recorded. Like, but who cares? Who cares, mate? All right, so you got me on film. Who cares? And what? And this is where the problem comes. This is where it comes. There's the two separate parts of it. First of all, let me tell you. Last year, I went to Grenada. And uh, I've been there a few times. Love the place. Last year, uh, about 20 of us went. And one of the guys that came with us is 22 years of age, mixed-race boy from London, from the hood. And when we was on our way there, I said to him, what are you looking forward to? And he said, it'd be nice to be sunshine. Blah, blah, blah. And it'd be nice to walk down the street and not be stared at because people don't trust me. And I watched that boy grow over the two weeks we were there because for the first time in his life, he saw black policemen and he saw on the news, it was black newsreaders, and he realised that this was a whole country run by people of colour. Right? He'd never had that in his whole life. My son, who was with me, he made an interesting observation. Um, he said, uh, isn't it nice how friendly and welcoming everyone is to us? Wouldn't it be nice to think that everyone would be that friendly and welcoming to Mikey when we're in the UK. And I said to him, problem is when Mikey's in the UK, he's at the bottom row in society. When we come here, we're white European tourists. So we have something to give. Mm-hmm. We have something, you know? And it's those little nuances that people don't quite understand. That's where it goes wrong. And, and this is it. I mean, um, something as simple as uh, when I grew up, I remember when I used to, like we, we as, as black people, we grease our hair, right? So when I've got my, my Afro now, um, I've applied grease to my hair, so to touch it, it will be greasy. Otherwise, it would be mad dry. It's just a thing, right? Our hairs are different, right? But um, I remember in work, there was a situation whereby someone came up and said, oh, can I touch it? And I didn't want them to touch my hair. And to be honest with you, the main reason is because I remember what happened when I was a kid when that happened, and someone would 
put their hand in your hair, they'd see the grease on their hand and they'd kind of go, ugh, and wipe their hand on their leg as if to say your hair's nasty and dirty. And, and I didn't want that, that experience to be lived for as an adult, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's the exact <laughs> that's the exact experience that happened like i said no they said i'll go on i said no as i said no a second time they put their hand in my hair and they're wiping their hand on their trousers and like oh that's disgusting um and the realization is that you know like things haven't really changed as much as i'd have expected them to or of course they haven't changed how long ago did martin luther king have that dream everyone knows about the dream the man had personally what kind of man has them kind of dreams anyway my dreams only involve orgies or i can fly Right, his dream was about making a better future. And what? Fifty years later, it turns out he was in the payroll of the FBI. He was humping everything that moved, and he was just a normal man like the rest of us. It's funny how we look again to America for our heroes, and we look to there for our role models. Well, it's funny because to me, when you said that just now about looking to America for heroes or America for, I don't, I don't personally do that. I've, I've lived in, I've lived in the UK my whole life. I've travelled and and um, in America, and I've, I've driven in America, and in recent years, and I've had my white friends over in America have to sit me down and have to talk of like, we have this thing named a four-way stop. You must stop. If you don't stop with the color of your skin, there is a likelihood that you could be shot. So I beg you stop. And they didn't want to have that conversation with me. But the point I'm making there is, and with the person in work, I ended up having the conversation with them saying that kind of upset me. And they apologized, you know, um, and they felt really bad because they didn't realize no. that upset me. Right. They didn't realize I hadn't even thought about it. And the person in America, before they spoke to me about driving the car, they expressed how bad they felt because they had to express this stuff in order to try and assist my safety. The point I'm making is as difficult as these conversations are, they have to be had. And in not talking, in, in continuing to be silent and not approaching these things. Um, well, what do you do? What do you do? When my son was uh, nine in his class at school, there was only three black kids in his class, right? It was a Catholic school. So obviously us white Irish took it over. That's what we do. Went on school journey. I went on a trip with them, and uh, we went up to Westminster on a boat trip. When we was there, all our kids from our nice school were sitting on the steps, quite nicely eating their sandwiches. And then there was some school come up the stairs the other side, slightly older boys, start going, Ugh. and their nice kids cowered. And this little boy, Brennan, little black boy, stood up and he goes, what you looking at? What you want to say it to me? Say it to me. I'd like to go, Brennan, sit down. And I said to these kids, go and get your teacher. I'll tell them I'm going to smash him up. Because that's how we do things. These kids are nice. I'm going to fight your teacher. The teacher came over and said, have you just told my children that you're going to fight me? I said, yeah, they want to pick on my kids. They're bigger than my kids. I reckon I can take you. Go and explain to them what it feels like to be intimidated. And he was like, well, oh, oh, um, uh, I think this is unacceptable for you to behave like this. Anyway, afterwards, I took Brennan to one side. I said to him, why did you feel the need to stand up? And he said, because my dad told me, when a man looks in the eye, you stand your ground. And I said, that's good. But them kids are now going to go back to their nice middle-class school in Hampshire. And when the mum says, how'd you get on today? They'll go, it was all right, but this black boy, this crazy man, intimidated us. It's twice as hard for you. Twice as hard for you. The teacher who was with our group said to me, oh, my God, I can't believe you've done this, Mr. Ryan. You could have caused us so much trouble. His parents come up to school, blah, 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 blah. You know what? The boy's mum came up to me in the playground and said, thank you. Thank you for standing up to my son. Thank you for pulling him up. And thank you for reminding him of how much harder it's going to be for him but a teacher force being racist well, but this is it and to me sometimes to shout racist covers up it stops the conversation it kills it dead it doesn't it allow any movement or education and I think it's education that's needed in order for people to understand yes because of the colour of my skin certain situations may be different for me 
you know i remember um my dad <laughs> this is a funny story right it shouldn't be funny but like my dad used to um run a business whereby uh he fixed computers and that yeah um so he had a spare computer chair and uh, my best mate uh, needed a computer chair for like his home so my dad said oh we'll take this take for this computer chair and you can just take it and we were like oh should we wait till after work so you can bring it in the car and my dad said it's only 100 meters away that you that you live yeah walk with a chair take the chair to your house we got stopped on that 100 meters accused yeah of a, someone had called in and said they'd seen some people stealing a chair who fitted our description yeah. now obviously at that point that was the first time i'd ever really realized but that ain't i was like but that ain't true because my dad just gave me this chair. No, no, no. We've definitely had reports of people having, you stay there, let go of the chair. We're going to ring this up and double check. And it's like, well, ring, ring my dad because my dad just gave me this chair. Do you know what I mean? And it, I remember all the way up until the point when they left, I was like, wow, that is, that's the real. Do you know what I mean? It is just, there's, from where you're stood, things are going to seem different. And I think there's a responsibility for me to realise that when somebody was to, is to say, for example, as you said earlier, do I look to America for my influence? No, I don't look to America for my influence. There's, I could, I could get the same kind of treatment or things here. I get the same. But that's what people here. don't realize, John. That's what people don't realize. Look, Stephen Lawrence. Every time, every on his anniversary, why don't we have a, a day named after the boy, or why don't we have an awareness thing every? Look at his mum's been through, how hard she's worked tirelessly. And yet people still have forgotten it. What happens? I saw something today that really upset me. Right. So, yeah, we, all these blacks going on about Georgie Floyd. What about Lee Rigsby then, yeah? Where was our march for that? Where was the demonstration for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you mean? What, what's that got to do with what? Why do the two have to go? And again, why should remind, we march remind George? The, the, difference, the, the differences is in, for example, Lee Rigsby, for those who don't remember, was the chap who was um, murdered outside of his barracks, right? Army barracks, is that the guy? Yeah, in Greenwich. In Greenwich, right, by um, a guy who was like a terrorist. Oh, two shot. black men. Oh, two black men, that's who did it. With knives, right? Yeah. Yep. Chopped him up. In yeah. broad daylight, in public. Mm-hmm. And people were filming them, and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Now, was that racially motivated? I, I didn't follow it well enough to know whether it was racially motivated. I think anyone black man, acting, a white man. Does that mean it's racially motivated? Me, anyone who's going to be doing that, to me, the colour of the skin, to me, when you're having actions like that, is secondary. Anybody who's going to be in the street doing them kind of madness has some kind of issues, to me, beyond racism. You could happen to so be then, racist, but you must have some big issues to be going expressing yourself in them ways. So then why was the cop who killed George Floyd being racist? So for me, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know how to answer that question. But because why, why, do we, why do we immediately go, the guy's racist? Why would we go, he's racist? Why couldn't we he's say that... Bad cop. He, he maybe he's got an inability to control his emotions. Maybe he's on a power trip. Maybe he's a sadist. But straight away we go, it's race. And then what happens is, it's a problem for black people. It's then you and us. Rather than everyone going, listen, they're going to do that in broad daylight. They don't care who they're going to do it to. And then, so here's where it comes back to these Black Lives Matters things. It, it comes back to you then. It separates. It separates the issue and for a lot of white people, they don't know how to react because they're not called racist. They don't. When they go, yeah, but all lives matter, what they're trying to say is, yeah, I care about you and I want you to care about me as well. But what they don't understand is why you're going to go and loot uh, a shop in, because a black man got killed, so all other black men are going to go start robbing trainers. Oh, no, indeed. There's two different, two different points there. Um, 
when it comes to looting, I actually had myself schooled by a friend of mine who uh, ha- he happens to be a white dude. It doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what color skin he was. But he basically, I said to him, it kind of frustrates me to see that like people are taking advantage of the situation. Um, one thing that kind of bothers me is the perfect storm that at the moment we're in these times of COVID-19 and um, there is clearly gatherings of BAME people together whom are the most susceptible or at least disproportionately represented in the figures of deaths for COVID-19. And right now you're stuck. If I was in America, I'd be stuck between thinking, am I not standing up for myself by not going outside or do I go outside and put myself in danger? I cannot answer how I would behave there. I don't know. I would like to think with, I'd like to think, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a difficult place to be. When we say all lives matter, all lives definitely do matter. You know, like, it is one love, as in we are all one energy. The same energy of life that exists in me exists in you. Yeah, but the same energy of life that exists in me means I'm more likely to get a better job, live in better housing, have better health care, my children more likely to go to university. So where's your one love there? I don't know, man. I've never let them sort of things, and I'm not, I don't know how to put it like this, and I'm not going to say that I'm not overly privileged or whatever, but I've never seen, I've always seen these things happening, but I've tried to not allow them to hold me back and the whole point of black life matters is in america is a it's it's a lot more stark than it is here that's what i've noticed definitely i was looking around a supermarket in america and i'm the kind of brother who will say hello to people if you catch eye with somebody you've got three things you can do yeah you can ignore them yeah Yeah. when you catch eye with someone you can ignore them or you can acknowledge them by saying hello yeah or you can like just kind of nod do you know what i mean I was walking around a supermarket um, in America and guy looked at me, we kind of caught eyes. So I kind of went, you're right, and said something. And the look on the guy's face was absolute disdain. And I immediately thought to myself, oh, well, you get some places where you'd say hello to people. You get some places where you wouldn't say hello to people. This must be a place where you don't. Until I got to the counter and the guy had heard my voice. Now, I happened to be looking for champagne at the time. And um, he heard my voice and he was like, oh, you're British. And I was like, yeah. And he felt... You could see the thought that he was mortified. He then showed me where I could get champagne from. He got into his car outside, drove me like some seven miles on the road to this place to go and get the champagne, took me in the shop, told the person in the shop that I was looking for champagne. And all of this came from the guilt over the fact that, to be honest, he thought I was a black American. Hence, he looked at me like that. And as soon as he realised that I was polarised, he looked at me different. And I suppose we... The, the, the Black Lives Matter thing is almost to create that awareness. I'm not saying there's any free words or anything you can put together to try and create that awareness. It has to come out through conversation. But you see in America, I think, this is again why I asked why do we look to America, because the situation is different, right? Last time I went to New York, I stayed in Spanish Harlem in an Airbnb, and it was a, a black New Yorker who owned it. And the other three rooms had black tourists from Georgia who were up for a wedding. And when I got there, Within about an hour, they were just shaking their heads going, but like, why would you stay here? Why aren't you staying somewhere else? I'm like, it's a nice place. I don't mind staying here. Two of my white friends who live in New Jersey were like, are you crazy, Stanis? They will kill you. They'll rob you in your sleep. No, because they're all polarized, polarized, polarized. When I was growing up back in this country, we was all mixed up. And the way it's gone in this country now, it's getting polarized the same way, going in the same directions. And in that respect, I believe that as a nation, Britain, takes their influence from America, which I've always found strange in a respect of that surely the forefathers of America were British, but now British looked well, to America. No, they were the ones that direction. were kicked out because they were too crazy to live here. The, the, the Quakers left here, went to Holland, 
the Dutch thought it was crazier than even we did. They kicked them out as well. Then they went to America to start a new paradise and with their rules. And then that's where all this nonsense comes from. But then when you move forward, you've got 88% of black murder victims in the US are killed by black people, right? So then what happens is, again, there's white people having this conversation. We're like, same with the boys stabbing each other in London, black boys stabbing each other in London. It's not our problem. It's the problem with the black community. And then what happens is it becomes you and us, them and we. And that, to me, is where a lot of these kind of issues come to the fore. Because from what I've read, like when we had Black Lives Matter and they went and sat on the um, runway at City Airport. What kind of nonsense is that? And they turn up like, and the guy who, um, what's his name, that started, um, Shazil, is that his name? Shazil, the guy that started uh, BLM, and then he left because he said that they were just being used by the Democrats to protest and demonstrate, and then all the crazy lefties come in behind. It looks like the black people burning down the towns, but it's not even black people that are burning down the cities. It's agitators, it's outside agitators coming in. Well, even in that, those agitators, those provocateurs, to me, I'd never even, I felt this week disappointed that I'd not even clocked that that was going on. Not just in this. I mean, that goes on everywhere, in every kind of protest against the government. That sort of thing happens to discredit the protest. But I only clocked that this time. I only clocked that now. But you said a point earlier to do with, um, oh, to do with the looting, right? So for me, and I said to you that my friend actually said something to me, he said, I said, oh, well, why I thought that a protest was about, thought what they were doing was basically a way of standing up and saying, look, this government that we've elected in are behaving in a manner that we do not agree with. Hence, we're going to come out en masse to show this government, look, in between your election times, we're not happy, right? So listen to us. We're not happy. Look how many of us are out here showing that we're not happy. My friend turned around to me, right? And he's kind of like that activist brother anyway, but he basically said, no, 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 no. The whole point of riots is to loot and, and smash smash up the thing. He said, what you're talking about is a protest. We've gone past protests. Yeah, way right. past it. Way I, past I it. Didn't, I didn't even clock that. I didn't even clock that. Way past it. And the thing is, it's, it's a different world. And these people are very many. You've got like George Soros and the Clintons and the Rothschilds, and they've got their money to finance these organisations for their own agenda. And then we all just tiptoe along and get into it. I've been to about three or four riots in my life, and I've always noticed when... Uh, anarchists turn up and you go well hang on these guys are pretty meaty and physically fit considering they live on benefits and eat vegan food 24 7 so that's the thing you know it, and you see the protests all they show in the media is protests of black people burning down cities right but for every one of those incidents there's a hundred incidents where they're just kneeling down peacefully protesting and it fills this narrative of angry violent black people and what they do is, as soon as you go angry with black people, Black Lives Matter, suddenly it's you and us. Mm-hmm. And that's what saddens me, man. That's what saddens me. No, indeed. Oh. Indeed. It is sad. It's um I, I I've got to say it again, like I'm not I'm not on the um the looting thing because I feel like I see a video of a guy stood there um outside of a Nike store that was getting getting robbed, right? And he's going to somebody, oh yeah, get, yeah. Get, get me a New York Yankees cap, get me a New York Yankees yeah. cap. I'll pay you for it. Hold on. Number one, so what, you're going to be angry with your country so much that you want to wear something representing your country. Number two, yeah, if you're going to pay for the cap, why don't you wait till the store opens, go and buy one. Uh, yeah. But that guy, I don't realise that he's feeding this whole kind of right-wing agenda in America. 
And the right wing in America, you've got people um, like uh, Ben Shapiro, Richard Saunders, and the narrative that they're giving, they will say to their audience of willing gun owners, look what the black people are doing. How can we have integration? People like Richard Saunders believe that all men are equal. And you lot should live in your equal country over there. And we live in our equal country over here. And people like myself, we're race traitors because we don't want to buy into that shit. But they have the guns, they've got the weapons, they've got the militias. All they need is this spark to have their little civil war conflict or whatever. And I'll be honest, what I'm about to say now could sound very contentious. So if, if it offends anyone, then like it's not meant to offend. Um, it's not said to offend. But I used to look at um, things like uh, Dr. King, uh, Martin Luther King, and think to myself, that's strange though, isn't it? Because why do people need a leader? Like, why do we need, why do, why do we need a leader? I've not, not really ever felt like one who needs to be led. And then I realised from the rhetoric of Trump, it's because the people who they've voted in seem not to be representing them and overtly not representing them. So in the face of something like what's going on now, whereby Dr. King maybe would have been looking for peaceful protests, trying to push people to be socially distanced, trying to tell the looters them this and this, and they're hearing a voice from within their community, that voice at the moment isn't there. And whether I agree with the um, politics of leadership and, and so on or not, I can see that that is at the moment lacking, right? Yeah, but how can you have a leader when you get someone like Malcolm X and people start going, this guy's got a point. Well, let's just, he gets executed. Or even Martin Luther King. He's got, I'm surprised they never shot Rosa Parks. And that's the thing, you know, it's about how the community, what I've never understood. We talk about race and racism. Trust me, mate, Irish Catholics, we are amongst the worst. We're the worst, right? Because we don't like other white Irish people, but they're Protestants. And through our time, we've been rioting, burning, and killing each other, okay? And throughout the 60s and 70s, it was killing each other in huge numbers. In the 80s, huge numbers. Now, 2020, what? They've got Polish people, they've got Eastern Europeans, they've got black people. It's a multicultural town, Belfast. What on earth were them idiots fighting for all them years ago? Because ultimately, this is what counts, mate. This is what counts. And the problem that you have in this country and in America is in my opinion, where the black pound goes ain't in the right place. Ain't in the right place. Well, indeed. I mean, I mean, in so many ways, indeed. And the thing is, we have the same thing in the UK with regards to, as I grew up, there was people would complain about there not being um, black supermarkets, black food places and so on, right? And then someone would open one and the black community wouldn't support it, yeah? So, like, they'd be like, I don't like the way they're selling. Their yam's nasty. They're selling their yam too expensive. You can't get yam anywhere else to compare a price because there's no black shop anywhere. But they'd be like, their no. yam's too expensive, rare, rare. And they wouldn't support it. Whereas some other nations or um, races, they, they support. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they support no matter what. Do you know what I mean? Like, my man's opening the shop. I'm going to buy my stuff from there. Yes, it might be 50 pence too much, but I'm going to go and buy it from there to try and help my man. One of the biggest. Um... Uh, proponents of uh, ending apartheid, right? The city of Georgia, uh, sorry, Atlanta in Georgia. They, uh, Coca-Cola were based there and they told Coca-Cola they would boycott it if they continued to sell Coca-Cola in South Africa. And, um, Atlanta's got the highest number of black female-owned restaurants in the whole of the United States. And what, they think they're going to let them kids burn them down? Well, what kind of stupidness is that? But it's that thing of, it's that pound, where you spend that pound that's where the power will come from. But how do you get a leader who steps forward and goes, where we spend that pounds? When as soon as he starts, people start listening to him, he gets shot. This is it. And I mean, on that level, I mean, there's a there's an MMA fighter named John Jones, right? And he has not got the best um the best back catalogue for stuff that he's done. He's a bit 
done a few crazy things, you know what I mean, unlawful things and that. But there was footage of him being out in the streets telling people, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't even believe this is about George Floyd anymore. Like, what are you actually doing? Go home. Do you know what I mean? Stop the violence, stop the this, stop the that. When I think someone as crazy as him sees it and gets it and is going out there expressing this, he would, the people that he spoke to when they look up and see it's him, that would resonate with them way more than it would do many others. But I exactly get what you mean, man. It's like, even doing this, talking about this now, I felt throughout this whole thing that, that it's easier. I don't know, man, I'm just going to say it as it is. I felt that it would be easier. I'd feel it easier for myself to express myself had I been a white person. And the reason why I say that is because it feels almost like putting your head up above the pulpit to say, well, actually, the man in the trench thinks this. As but the you know, fly, you know? <laughs> but that's the thing. He must, do you not think Mandela, when he was on Robin Island in solitary, after about 10 years walking around that two foot by two foot cell, must have gone, why don't I just keep my mouth shut? That's hard. That's the thing that comes with it. And it's for people to step up, step forward, and to try to own it. Own it. Exactly. And you mentioned Mandela. He, he owned it. He lived it. Um, for a lot of his life, he was like that. And we cannot forget these figures. We cannot forget these people. I think I can't remember how it was eloquently put, but basically if we forget where we've come from, we forget our history. We make the same mistakes moving forwards. And me mentioning about um, Rodney King that happened back in 91, I read it. I saw a little meme and it had um, a picture of... Uh, Colin Kaepernick, who was a NFL yeah. footballer, taking a knee. It says at the top, um, don't protest like this. And it had all the violence. Um, what do you mean? Protest silently, but not like this. Showed a picture of Colin Kaepernick. Um, what, not like this? Showed a picture of some singers that were trying to say something. Not like this. It showed a picture of Kobe Bryant, like wearing a um, I can't breathe kind of in Kobe Bryant. Because Kobe's gone. But anyway, it showed a picture of... Uh, famous basketball player wearing the I can't breathe top and all these things are like as soon as people come out quietly it's like well they shouldn't be doing that or they shouldn't be doing that we remember I mean I'm not going to call him out man because the guy's like doing his doing some some madness I don't really want to give him my my energy but like when you see when Kopernik was there and they were saying um, Trump was saying sack all the NFL players yeah but now he's saying oh anyone who does we, sh we should make space for peaceful protest well when there's peaceful protest you're not listening and even now because you're not Because he don't care. They don't, you don't understand. They don't care. This is what they care about. This, what do you, Obama, right? Everyone goes, Obama, Trump's terrible, Obama's great. Obama had more wars than any other American president. Killed more people than any other American president. So, but we look at him like he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. they're, they're all the same. All these figureheads are the same. And I think a big point on what you're saying there is it's the loudest voice that gets listened to the most. So today what's bothered me is that those with the loudest voice can sometimes be the most ignorant. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna have the loudest voice. It's gonna travel the furthest. Squeakiest wheel gets old first, and that. But then, also, I see people who would, for example, believe that Obama was this and Trump is this, and they're a million miles apart, or so on and so forth. Have any of those people done their own research? And I think at the moment, this is it. It's this um, not mob mentality. That's maybe not it, but following the crowd is, and not. It's following the herd because people don't take their time to think. The big thing you should be asking yourself and you should be asking any of your white friends about this, right, is why do you suddenly care? Why do you suddenly care about black people? Why? I've had a few experiences, man. Like I've been in Europe and got chased by a bunch of people with knives. Um, I've had some dodgy experiences in, in the US, do you know what I mean, where I felt 
felt it. Even that experience there, while it wasn't dangerous when I was looking for the champagne, it was the stark reality to me of, of I was not a person to this person until he realised I was British. And that's the, the reality of a lot of black people who are over there. They're kind of tarred with this with this this brush. So, I mean, I don't think the why is the thing. I just feel like um, I hope it's not one of those things that's thought about for a week and then because it's popular now. And then Next week, something else is a dog will win. Britain's Got Talent, and then we'll all be going, "Oh, look at little Fifi!" Oh. Hashtag Fifi, in it? Exactly. It's just that whole thing of people have to understand um, animal farm. So all animals are equal. And within a week, underneath they put, but some animals are more equal than others. Exactly. And when you mention that, there, if people don't know about Animal Farm, George Orwell, um, please take some time, go have a look at it, man. Um, Maybe see if there's on a film or something, but it's something you need in your life to realise. It's about you being using that right as a human being to be inquisitive and find out things for yourself. Inquisitive, um, and so you, I ain't following the herd. So on Saturday, when them idiots marched up from Peckham up to Trafalgar Square, somebody was dying crazy for there to be a riot. Okay, and the reason it wasn't a riot, quite simple, because it wasn't advertised long enough in advance for the anarchists and all them infiltrators to go in there and make it kick off. That's mm-hmm. the only reason there was no rights. Even there's a video of uh, a girl getting pushed to the ground by the police. Now, the police told the girl, move. She didn't move. If you're not moving, the police tell you move. You've got to take what's coming, right? That's it. End of. But the fact was they were trying to incite the crowd, but they couldn't because people were kind of like going, I'm not getting my ass kicked to a 15-year-old girl with a big mouth. Ain't happening. But if someone thrown a bottle, it would have kicked off. And it's about that. And that's where it comes back to this thing about Black Lives Matter. All Lives Matter, but at the moment, nah. Whatever we can do to show support for you, as soon as I come into my house, go to bed, that my support's gone, mate, because you're then on your house, on your own, in your bed. Uh-huh. There's got to be some long-term changes here. And I said it so many times, it's that. And I've got to be honest, there's, there's, there's another massive thing that we've missed during this. Um, I'll probably put a link to it in the, in the thing below. It might get removed, but um, it's public knowledge about how over the last, I think, 30 years or something, all cases of however many cases, but let's say there's a thousand cases, this is probably inaccurate, um, of murders or people dying in custody of police. Like, not one of them, not one of them has been seen as... They've all been thrown out of court, mate, basically, is what I'm saying. All of them. Where is it? Here in, England, or in, in the UK, in the yeah. UK, I'm saying this is in the UK, our own back garden. And I'm saying this is inherent of if you come into my club and my bouncer gets in a rougher with you, then I'm going to try and protect my bouncer, innit? Because he's yeah. in my club. And yeah. that club, in this case, is the police and yeah. the magistrates and the, and the law system. And if we look at what's going on in that article, which I'm going to put in the link below, then surely you must have to realise but it isn't just in America, it isn't just black people, you know, it isn't just a colour or skin thing. Well, then that comes down to then, um, do you have more in common with a white person who's middle class than you do with a black guy from Peckham? I don't know, man. You could ask the same question of Dr. King, right? You could say, and I'm not comparing myself to him, but I don't say that he would represent and be very close and have more in common with every single black person on in America than he would do with every single white person in America. It can't be such such things to me are lesser important. It's more important as if as that you can each one teach one. And to be honest, there's a track for you, right? Each one teach one. You can check it out if you type it in. I can't remember the dude's name, but um yeah, each one teach one. And that's basically Did what write himself or is this another one of your stolen songs? Nah man, you, you carry on talking, I'll find the tune now. But here's my thing, right? 
So again, and, and you, there is no way to justify what happened to George Floyd. It's just a disgusting. I would personally shoot all four of them police officers that did it. There's no why they're not already facing the death penalty. I do not know. Okay, and just as I think if you kill a policeman, it's more serious than killing a civilian. I think if a policeman kills someone, it's more serious than a civilian, right? But one of my heroes, man I'd love to meet, okay, Ian Wright. I love Ian Wright. Don't like Arsenal, um, but I, I just think the guy's enthusiasm for life. And as a role model, even for my kids, I'd go look to Ian Wright for what you can achieve in life. When he got those tweets last month, mm-hmm. and the boy was nastily racially abusing him, and Ian Wright came out and exposed it, straight away people's going, it's a child that did it. How can you bully a child on social media? How are you going to feel if that child takes his own life? Why do you have to do it this way? Why don't you get your lawyers? Or blah, 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 blah. It turned out the kid that did it was like 18. So this is what you're confronted with every day. But my friends mm-hmm. don't know. My neighbours don't know that. I don't know that you got called a black bastard on the way to the shop yesterday. For and, and when people call me a fat bastard, I know it's different. It's different. Because I can lose weight, but unfortunately, mate, unless you just go all down the J-Lo road and lighten that skin up. You know, and you're real, man. It's real because I've been chased in another country with mans with knives telling me F off. Um, uh, I'm just going to say it. I don't really want to say it. I'll probably push this out, but F off happy back to Pakistan. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> even though, yeah, me, mate. And even though I know how I look, yeah, I couldn't really stop and say, well, excuse me, actually, I'm, I'm right. from... You know what I mean? You know, yeah, I just had to get low and get running. Racism is wrong, but bad geography, there's no excuse for that. No, no excuse for bad geography. Get on that. Right. We're going to have to go soon, but each one teach one is by a guy named Jacob Miller. We'll talk more about it in the next one. Um, I'll queue that up for people now. But uh, yeah, man, this is, this is, this is real, man. Like, we'll see what happens. This is real. Days. And you know what's going to happen? When we meet up next week, another 10 will be dead and nothing is going to change until... Think about where you spend your pennies. Think about where you're putting your money. For real, man, it's a shame that, and on the one point, it's a shame that it takes for um, celebrities and stuff to to stand up and show that this is a situation happening in America for people to to realise it. But then on another level, that's where we're living now. That's where we're at. You yeah. know, it takes for celebrities and stuff to yeah. say something for people to listen because people don't necessarily like influ- They're influenced. No one really necessarily wants to influence. Well, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Eminem, but the way he came out and stepped up, I thought fair play to you, because ultimately, white people, we've created this whole system of racism. And unfortunately, we got to take it apart because for white privilege to end, we got to give some of it up. And then we've got to be explained to why I should give it up. And that's where the problem is. The problem isn't these black kids looting and writing. The problem is these white businessmen well-to-do white families not seeing how we are part of that problem perpetuating that system indeed indeed i hear that man i would say there is slightly a bit of a problem with the them robbing and looting because like what what are you doing need some leadership man but like looting in ireland when, when there's a riot who does the looting in russia you know putin must be waking up having his breakfast and going this is best thing ever happened in the world and when them Americans start seeing tanks and GIs on their streets with guns, they're going to know how them people felt in Iraq and Libya and Syria and them other places. For real, man. I mean, it, it, is, it is raw. They're going to be, I mean, what is it Trump said yesterday? 
put the military upon them, basically. Obviously, he didn't say it like that. Trump hasn't all of a sudden... When gone, the looting the starts, the shooting starts. Trump stood there and went, that's where the military upon them. Nah, but like, to be honest, we'll probably end up talking about this again, uh, even later on this week or, or, or next week. But yeah, I, I just felt that some things have to have to be spoken about and I've tried to be brutally honest about it as you have if anyone's affected by any of the issues we've raised or upset or concerned by anything we've said there's a phone number that will be in the box below but it'll be my number and I'll just tell you go do one <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> yeah man peace um, I'm Jonathan I'm That's John Ryan and we well, are brutally honest alright peace well. No, 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 no,